Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. This is going to feel like some kind of Back to the Future shit very, very shortly because if you're watching the YouTube channel, <laughs> you will see me and Lucy very shortly change clothes. The reason being is because we are recording the introduction, the first three minutes of the podcast again because the sound was a little bit muffled. So we're essentially going to tell you about some shit that we've got going on at the moment. Well, not shit. Very exciting some, stuff going some on. Great shit. Great shit. It's a good it's a good adjective. Yes. A good adjective. But firstly, which is actually also very lucky today, I am wearing the same top that I was wearing last week, which is one a bit of tram sauce, but two because I love them so much. So this episode is sponsored by Fablex Men. Again, this is one of the running tops I haven't been running today because I am the glass man. I'm injured again. This is one of the Fablex running zip-ups. There are currently some offers running on Fablex men if you have some new yeah, running. Yeah, that was a good pun. Or gym gear. Well, good offers running and you're wearing a running top. Yes, uh, bum bunch. <laughs> and I will explain some more about those during the podcast. Yes, and something really exciting happened. And it's probably one of the most exciting moments of my life, not to lie. We have a new Instagram page for the Not So Fit Couple podcast. And we're so excited because we've been meaning to do this for a while. And we just felt there was something missing with the podcast. We were like, mm, where are people going to see all the best bits? So if you go to the Not So Fit Couple on Instagram, give it a cheeky little follow. That is our New baby. It's our also, page. you can obviously with Instagram stories, now not only just tag me and Lucy, you can tag the Instagram page who kind of gives a bit of a anchor or a platform to everything that we're doing. And we will shortly at some point run a competition on there, some mm-hmm. giveaways and stuff like that for people to jump over onto the page. But, oh yeah, and also leave some reviews because it's both super helpful to me and Lucy and we personally love it when we see that. your reviews coming through and we read every single one of them and it also massively helps us with the podcast as well yeah 100 percent. and then final announcement is the mcs transform eight week challenge is officially open for enrollments with early bird access and everyone gets early bird access if you're listening and you sign up now you get 50 percent off and what is the code the code is TRANSFORM50. Thank you very much. Caps lock. So this challenge is all about transforming. It's not a transformation. It's transforming your mind, your body, your social life, habits. your lifestyle, your habits, the way that you view things. Just a lot of good stuff going on inside this challenge. And one of the most important parts of the challenge is our community. So if you're not too sure about what the challenge is about, you haven't done one before, you want to ask questions about it, join the Facebook group, which is the Micro School, because there's a lot of stuff about the challenge you can learn in there. Also, we do run live Q&As every Wednesday inside our group, and you don't have to pay to be inside the Facebook group if you just need some help or you're just not too sure and sit on the fence about it. Feel free to join that as well. Yeah, 100%. So with the challenge, um, you will get a calorie macro plan for me and Lucy. There's like 12 different programs to choose from and it's like any fitness level, depending on your goal, you get to choose your own specific program, whether it's from myself or Ben, it's completely up to you. Mm -hmm. You choose as your coach for the next eight weeks. There's coaching videos on there to learn all about caloric deficits. 100 recipes, which you can just follow along with. They've got all the calories and macros on there for you as well because if you're following calories, super easy. Just look at the recipes. The track section is probably the best traction I've ever... Traction? 
track section I've ever seen on an app before because there's so much depth and it isn't just focused on just weight or just Im- yep. images or just metrics. It's a little bit of everything so you can choose. And it also links up to Apple Health. So you get your Apple Health or kit. Or Samsung Health. Yeah, and yeah, and now Samsung Health, that was something that wasn't working before. <laughs> so you can track your steps, calories, there's lots of different, different metrics you can pull up onto your dashboard in there. So that's super cool. So if you want to get involved or you want to learn more about the challenge because we only run a couple of these per year, we will leave the description on the YouTube channel and in the show notes of the podcast. The link. At the link, yeah. And don't forget to use Transform 50 which will be finishing soon so make sure to jump onto the link and just double check it out anyway want to know something else interesting that you don't open monster cans i don't think i didn't have a monster don't think on the last podcast why are you actually having that you shouldn't be having that No, it's fine you're no you're going back on yourself ben's had a really bad stomach and he's cut out caffeine no i haven't cut out caffeine i had pre-workout this morning stemmed off my cake Pumping tea day. Well, you've not been having coffee. Yeah. You had a tea this morning. I think, do you know what it is? If I have a coffee first thing, without any food in me. You pee your pants. It's like, I go to the toilet and it's like I've had a curry. I think that's like a necessity of your morning though. Is it not? I think that's just part of my daily routine. You have, you get up, you have a coffee, you empty your bowels. If I do not before I go for a run, oh, it's a poopville. (laughs) But we're starting today's episode yeah. with right, some really, get, get serious. <laughs> really funny jokes. This, no, okay. this is this was my idea. So I thought, so I need what we'll do here to lighten the mood. If depending on where you listen to this podcast, there you might be watching at home, which would be funnier because you'll see Lucy's in my face. You might be on your way to work in the car. You might be on a walk. Hopefully, we'll give you a little bit of a laugh today. We'll lighten your mood. Depending on what mood you're already in, you might be in a happy mood and a great mood already. We'll lift that even further. If you feel a bit down today, hopefully this little segment of the podcast leaves you in a more positive place than when you came to it. I'm really not that good at telling jokes. Okay, I've... Lucy, Lucy can go first. Kyle, do you want to put your mic on as well? Because if you find anything funny, then you can have a little snigger. Hello, everyone. Oh, this is just embarrassing. Okay. Ready? Yours are going to be really rude so as what, well. So what will happen is it's a point system. If I laugh, you get a point. If you laugh, I get a point. You okay. ready? <laughs> okay. You're laughing already. That's Sorry, a point to me. Just, this is the only joke that I literally Lucy know. Lucy will t- 100% laugh little. at her own joke, by the way. I don't think you yeah. Do I lose a point if I laugh at no, my own? Okay. Fine. What did one snowman say to the other? I don't know. What did one snowman say to the other? Can you sell carrots? <laughs> Cal laughed. That's so bad. Cal's laughing because it's so shit. It is no, so that shit. is actually the only joke that I know. It's my dad's favourite joke. Every Christmas that comes out, I'm like, Clive, what? yeah, yeah, you think you, you've already heard this one before anyway. So if you laugh at it, it's even worse. But you I didn't think, laugh I think then, people did you? appreciate it. I actually heard this one somewhere else. Ready? Hmm. My penis used to be in the the Guinness World Record book, you know. Why? Well, it used to be, but it's not anymore because the librarian told me to take it out. Oh, okay, so I don't find I don't find that funny. Carl's laughing. Because, Carl's not the because really laughing. I don't understand it. You had to explain it to me, so that was really Carl, explain the joke. Explain the joke. Yeah, Ben put his willy inside of a book in a public library, and that's yes, not something Cal. you're normally allowed to do. But I didn't understand the joke when Ben told me this a while ago, and I was just like, hopefully, it'll have resonated with you this time. Did you laugh then? I didn't laugh. Okay, no. no, no. I think I was laughing at Lucy's reaction, to be honest. Okay. Because she just didn't get it. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. A lot of these jokes are going to fly over Lucy's head. Okay. What's the best thing about Switzerland? What is the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. <laughs> That's a good one. Do you even know what the Swiss flag looks like? Yeah. Why didn't you laugh then? <laughs> Cal's laughing at all of mine. He's just laughing at how terrible he's laughing it is. Because they're really quite poor. Right, ready? Next one. Get your, get your straight face on. Ready for it? <sighs> Big deep breaths. Mm-hmm. 
What do a dildo and tofu have in common? I don't know. They're both substitutes for meat. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking well, (laughs) food. That's made me sweat. That's that one is... nil to me. <sighs> I think my okay, my last one is. If you're watching YouTube and any of these have cracked you up, drop a comment. Yeah, on drop which one? A comment. Don't comment dildo actually because you might get banned. Comment <laughs> um comment tofu if you're watching YouTube. <laughs> but okay. You should okay. your final ones just to redeem yourself. I can't even say it. What do you call a magic dog? What do you call a magic dog? A labracadabra. God, that one is it. <laughs> that was fucking shit. Yeah, but I still got a point. One all. So, yours are so terrible. That they're great. <laughs> That's exactly what jokes are supposed to be. Cal like that one because Cal likes dogs. No, I think potentially the funniest thing is that Lucy just sits there pissing us. <laughs> yeah, it's her, her laugh that makes me laugh. Her own She's such a loser. I laugh at oh, this. I've never been called a loser before. That was so. Do, rude. do you know the thing when I tell mine is it takes. I watch Lucy's cogs go around in her head trying to process what the joke <laughs> is before there's any reaction. Mm. It's like we're in a time still. Yeah, but it's 1-0. One 1-0. One it's not, not football, yeah. It's 1-0 one though. 1-0. All. Yeah. As in, so nobody's 1-0 lost yet. I've got my last one though now. Okay. Right, ready? I'm still laughing at my own joke. Okay. What did the toaster say to the slice of bread? I don't know. I want you inside me. No, see, that didn't get me. Yours are just rude. I didn't laugh. I didn't <laughs> laugh. Kyle, did I win? <laughs> oh, did you win when it's you one all? did not win. Well, yeah. you got one all. They were did funny. You, did you get the toaster on there? Yeah. You've obviously just Googled like, oh, rude jokes. Yeah, well, that's, my, that's my child's brain. I, I, mine were about a snowman, Switzerland and a magic dog. <laughs> Which is the funniest joke though? Magic dog. No, the big what? plus. That's La- hilarious. That is funny, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, genuinely, that's a good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring these to the next Christmas party. I've got two more jokes to add. <laughs> well, okay. I would tell my jokes at your family Christmas party. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I can go down like a lead balloon. <laughs> okay, guys. So on today's podcast, hopefully those jokes cheered you up a bit. If you're in a great mood, you probably moves like ten times better. If you were not in a good, <laughs> you're so foo fine. You put the <laughs> Yeah. If you were not in a good mood, hopefully we have brightened your spirits a little bit. But what we're going to do on today's episode is just go over general, oh, I get, mine are actually fitness topics. Yeah, we've basically we've had some questions and we, we enjoy doing these episodes every now and again where we let people ask questions and we'll take them down and we'll jot them into the podcast because I think they're very relevant and they're the questions that get asked quite often. But I've got quite a mixed array of questions today. I have two pretty fitness based and then one more like mindset based. Okay. Uh, should we do rock, paper, scissors? Who goes first? So we're going one, two, two three, three and then do the, the, yeah. the sign. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. Yes. Oh, so who goes first? You ask your question first. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. I'll ask mine first. Okay. Right. And I obviously try and answer your question then we discuss. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, is, this one's quite a general question. So the question that came in was, what is the best advice not to mess up your fitness journey? Oh, the best advice not to mess up your fitness journey. So what I took away from this was that it's things that people potentially do or advice that they take on board, which leaves them in a worse place 
than what they came into it. The best advice to not mess up your fitness journey. So I personally think one of the big ones is, I think it's very easy to try and just replicate and copy exactly what someone else is doing, whether you've seen it on social media or it's a program or you've watched a video or just something like that where the person giving the information on, I'll say Instagram and TikTok because they're ones that I don't think are actually very stable in the fitness industry. They will give a workout and say, do this for this. Now, it's fine to some extent, but when they're claiming it does something and then someone follows it for their fitness journey and they're not seeing the same results, it's because you're not that person. Yeah. You're not the same age. You have a different training age. They might have been training for 10 years. There's a lot of different factors that come into consideration. I don't think a lot of fitness people necessarily give background on that. And it can be for loads of different well, that's just, things. that's context, isn't it? Giving context. Yeah, giving context to certain things. Um, I think that's massively, massively important to explain a situation if you're giving that sort of fitness advice and saying, this is what I have done. It, to some extent, I think that's It was the same so when I did that post of a week about what I eat, what I eat in a day posts <laughs> and how, how are you laughing? How they, they can so be, they can be beneficial, also. but there also needs to be context given to it mm-hmm. with respect to it's not what I eat every day. It's not what you should eat every mm-hmm. day. It's based on my needs, my goals, my age, weight, sex, height. There's a lot of things that come into play. Just saying why in a day. Genetics come into play as well. Though. Yeah, because when you did that post, actually, there was a few larger influencers who have huge followings who had put a what in a day post and then retracted by explaining to people, this is not what you should eat after watching Ben's video. Call out the bullshit. So that was actually really, really good from you in terms of calling out the bullshit. It's the same as when I announced I'm doing an ultra. I was like, I'm doing one, but you (laughs) don't do what I'm doing. That's why I'm not sharing like all my specifics, which is, I Mm -hmm. think, good from our part that we we do that in terms of being personal trainers and coaches. My my biggest piece of advice for this one is, so how not to fuck up your fitness journey is, I always believe the fastest way isn't always the best way. So very rarely is the quickest way going to be the best way of anything. And we look at people who want to lose weight quick. We look at people who want to make money quick. It never usually ends well. There was a, there was a statistic about um, lottery winners and statistics show that 70% of lottery winners end up broke or bankrupt. Mm, I think I've seen that. So it's the same with weight loss. If it's not done with hard work, balance, some enjoyment and with consistency, you'll end up in a worse place than when you set off. Yeah, 100. Well, as humans, our natural instinct is to want things. We're not very patient. I feel like not a lot of people are very patient and they want things straight away, which is why when you see people do these like 20 day or like 14 day like ab challenges. I'm like, why are you doing, why, why are you promoting that to people? Because it's absolute utter bullshit. Yeah. It's obviously for them as a person to make quick money off you, but it's really hard because, I mean, if you take me back four years ago and I saw slim in her thighs in two weeks, I'd be like, yeah, it's me, it's me. Yeah. I want that. And it's really sad for those people who are new into the fitness industry that they succumb to people like that first rather than ourselves and other peers in the industry who are not there for that 
But again, it's it's why we do what yeah. we do. It's to break that down. Well, that's the other big thing. Question question advice. I'm not say being an absolute dick to people every time that they put something up, but question in your own your own head the advice that they're giving. Because if something sounds like a quick fix or if something sounds stupid, it probably is. Mm. Like with the TikTok TikTok videos, and just because someone's in shape doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. For some reason, the fitness industry there's this thing that happens that when people get in shape. People go, you should be a PT. Why? Why should you be a PT yeah. just because you're in shape? Yeah, that I can't. I've it's like someone who can drive a car doesn't mean that you go. I I can now teach you how to drive a car. F1 no, driver. you fuck, no, you fucking can't. Why do we do it? I don't know. So, I don't know. So I would say question question advice sometimes from people. Yeah. Don't always take everything at face value. Yeah. And then the last thing that I want to mention as well. And this is a big one because it's something that I've fell victim to is don't pin your happiness on a destination. As in a fitness journey destination. Well, if you feel insecure about yourself or about your body or whatever it is, the natural reaction for people is to diet or exercise more. Which which is great for getting fitter and healthier. But does it really provide the solution? No. Or does it just promote the idea that your happiness lies at point B because you're at point A? Yeah, there should never be. And then what? I that, understand. Then what that then may happen is that you may never reach that. And you because you, you you always frustrated. continue. You always continue to be frustrated. Continue to want more, so you never get to that point B. Yeah, that's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because so, say for example, for myself, I've got that set date for my ultra in July, but it doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to stop running after that set period because I enjoy what I'm doing. It's just there's a specific goal in the midst of everything, like a date that I actually have something to do, but then I'm going to continue to do what I do after because I love it so much. Yeah. That, that's where comparison can come into play as well though. Yeah. Massively. In, in what way? Sorry. Who, as in people compare to yeah, what well, I well, do? No, no, no. Well, oh. the, other, the other big thing of happiness is, and it's always said that comparison to FIFA joy. Yeah. And, there's, for, ex- for example, there might be many people who are leaner than me or bigger than me. There's always going to be someone who's bigger or leaner. It actually happened when I was at a shoot, doing a shoot once, years and years and years ago. Some guy said to me, I won't name names, um, oh, so-and-so's, it looks even leaner than you at the moment. Why would you give a fuck? He's, ben, he's leaner than you now. <laughs> what a weird comment to said, say yeah, to he, someone. Do you know what? He, look, he looks better than me. He's leaner than me. Leaner than me. But do you know what? He's not I Sat- mean, satisfied. But he's also, not, he's not satisfied. I'm happy with where I'm at, and I'm enough with where I where I'm at. And when that happens, you can't be beaten. You, can, you can't. Someone can't be better than you when you're satisfied because he's still chasing something that I'm not. I've already found my my satisfaction and my happiness from it. But also, that person who said that to you are assuming because someone is leaner that they're happier. No, well, like, that's no, I don't think he's assuming that. We're at a photo shoot, so he said he's making comparisons. Uh. I wasn't making the comparison, but what I'm saying is. It doesn't matter. It can't yeah. beat me because I'm already satisfied and happy with where I'm at. I'm not comparing myself to him. Mm. And when you don't do that, am I boring you? No, I had to yawn. <laughs> when, you, when you can find that place of being satisfied and being happy and not making the point B so far away and unachievable that you're never, ever going to get there. And if you don't pin your happiness on it, and that's where pr- the process has become so important. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a wonderful question. I, Ben Holden, interject today's podcast episode to tell you about the sponsor of today's podcast episode, which is Fabletics Men. Fabletics Men 
is again a partner I've been working with for the last two years now. Love the product. It's super simple, super basic. And if you want gym wear, which is comfortable, affordable, and isn't mega in your face, then I couldn't sort of back anything more than than Fabla X Men. And if you join the VIP membership, which again will give you a couple of really cool discounts, especially coming into summer on the shorts. You can get two pairs for £24 or you can save 70% off on almost every single item when you join the VIP membership. I'm currently wearing one of the long sleeve tops. I love running in these. You probably see me running a lot on Instagram in them. And I do love the short shorts. So anything kind of like which almost allows for some sort of nudity is the key for me. So I will leave a link in the podcast description if you want to shop anything Fablex Men. If you do jump onto the link, if you can just let them know where you found them, i.e. you'll see like a little quiz drop down, you'll be able to select my name. I think it's my coach Benji or Ben Halden. And enjoy the rest of the podcast. Mine's mine's actually very fitness-based, like it is a fitness question, but I also thought we get asked it a lot. We've been asked it on the YouTube of the podcast. And it's basically about heart rate with cardio, not specifically running. No, no, not really. My heart rate is always super high during a cardio workout, 185, even after five years of training. Why? So it's obviously a very direct question, but also just going to put it out there by telling us that your heart rate gets 185, that that is in no context at all. Like we don't know how hard you're training, what cardio you're doing, what zone you're in and what. So that's kind of irrelevant but it's more so the fact that my heart rate is always super high during cardio after five years of training. And I had quite a few points. Yeah, well, with, with that, it doesn't, your heart rate can always be high. Like just because you train for years, you'll have a lower resting heart rate. You, in certain zones, may be faster at the heart rate zones because you built a better aerobic base. But if you continue to push harder and harder every time you train, which is the point of progressive overload, your heart rate's always gonna gonna go up. It doesn't. There's not a ceiling. There's not a cap to it. Where it won't reach 108, 190. Because if you start sprinting really, really, really hard, it's gonna go up. And that's a fact of health and fitness. Health and fitness. Things don't become easier. You just get better. Yeah. But then when you push past that that previous set point, when you push past that previous PB, you're gonna raise your heart rate again exactly when you same as when you lift weight for example if you go in progressively overload you haven't been sore for a while because you haven't pushed yourself but then you push yourself potentially you're going to be more sore the next day because you lift on a load that you haven't lifted before or at an intensity that you've not lifted at before yeah same with your aerobic or your cardio it's yeah gonna, it's going to get to a point where it's going to raise that yeah 100 percent. and one of the main things to actually take note of is your average heart rate whilst doing cardio is going to be different for every single person in terms of the factors that will change it, your age, yeah. your fitness level, your fitness level is a massive one. So even though you said you've been training for five years, have you just been doing weights? Do you do like 10 minutes of cardio or do you run marathons? Like there's going to be a huge difference and there is a statistic, big word that, isn't it? Statistic. absolutely butchered Statistic that shows that if you are a runner, you naturally have a lower resting heart rate because you've worked on your aerobic capacity for quite a long time. But then other, other things such as medication, stress, sleep, there's a lot of factors that come yeah. into it. And I also want to take note, before I started running, if I was doing cardio, I'd go on 
the cross trainer, not really the stairmaster because I was never a big fan. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't aim to be in a heart rate zone. I wouldn't think, oh, I'm doing math 180. I want my heart rate to be below 155. So you might be doing cardio and pushing yourself into a different zone. You could just slow down. Like that's what you do when you're running. This morning, I had an 18K and I wanted my heart rate to be at 147. Yeah. So I went slower. And it's one of those things like a lot of people just do cardio and they bash cardio to get yeah, sweaty. Bang bang, bang, yeah. bang, 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 work hard. If you if you want to work on your heart rate and lowering it and actually accessing that aerobic capacity, slow the fuck down. Yeah. Like, so, like that's actually one of the main points that I've learned from well, running. You learn that quite not early on because we did it we used to hammer it for ages but <laughs> oh, you get yeah. to that point where it's like you just push 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 and you're not getting any better you don't go in and lift pbs every single day yeah i remember when i had to drop my heart rate back i was, I was like fucking feels like i'm walking yeah so the, the other thing was just, i got really distracted then when we said bang bang i think what was that song bang bang you shot, shot me down bang bang who sang that ground, bang bang, bang. bang. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it really goes into it, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think that's the right it song. It is. Carl's that it? I don't. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Big tunes. Share. Was it? No, it wasn't. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down by Share. Oh, there's like a remake of it. Sorry. We were singing the Share. What was I doing? You were doing David Guetta, the remix. That was really... Good time. Sorry, I just have one more point on that yeah, one. shoot. The inaccuracy of fitness wear. I was literally about to say that. It depends what you're measuring your heart rate on. It depends on. how you're measuring it. Like, my Garmin is supposed to be super accurate, and so is my Whoop, and they both show different heart rates. Unless, I think the most accurate thing is to wear a chest strap. Not a lot of people do. So it, it's kind of like, don't well, like 100% put your heart and soul into your fitness wear. You get so pissed off sometimes when we're running together. And I've got straw running your garments telling you something else. I know that's distances. That's but distances. Even when, for really example, not good though. really cool video, by the way, it might be out by now. It might not be on my YouTube channel. It's going to be out this week anyway. I was in the gym and getting bodybuilders to test their speed speed against the, the Kipchoge running pace, the marathon pace, which is 21.2 kilometers per hour. But he runs that for two hours. And Sean did it today. And his heart rate only went up to like 180, you know. That's really good. Where I think Ash went up to 200. And I, you'd argue that Ash has got a, a better aerobic base. Yeah. But I think it was because Ash was going off the heart rate on his wrist, which can sometimes be thrown off by your cadence. Yeah, definitely. Whereas Sean had the heart uh, monitor oh, on around his strap. So I think it was probably more accurate. And I think a lot of people said the chest mounted ones are more accurate as well. I've just had a brainwave. You don't have to put your hand up, we're not in class. No, but it's just so I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> you. So I obviously can't run on a treadmill because of my hip and we've categorized that it gives me a lot of pain. Yeah. Somebody could drive the car at 21.2 miles an hour and I could just run next to it because then we know that I'm running at 21 miles an hour. If you run at 21 miles an hour, you're going to get a Guinness World Record. 21 miles an hour? What do you mean? It's 21.2 kilometers per hour. Oh yeah, Kyle, how do we work that out? It's about 10, it's about 12 mile an hour, is it? Yeah, but, so, but, I, but I could do that on the road. Until you die. Yeah, but we can see it at least, at least I can test it. Okay. There we go. Is there a bit of a difference between running on the road compared to running on a treadmill? I think it's harder to generate y your pace. I mean, if you've got a pace like a car, then obviously it, it will kind of work. But I think because a treadmill keeps you at that pace anyway, it's probably easier. 
There we go. That's it. I'm going to do that. 14 miles per hour. Do you guys mind just quickly explaining what MAF 180 is? You mentioned it a few times and I think some people might yes. know. MAF 180 is the methodology or the method, just really simply, of how you can work out what your heart rate should be at um, for, for easy runs, basically. Yeah, for so, aerobic training. Yeah, for aerobic training. So it, it keeps you about in zone two, doesn't it? Yeah. So what you basically do with it is you take 180 and then simply minus your age. So if you're 30 years old, you take 30 off and your heart rate for an easy run should be 150 beats per minute around that. It's going to fluctuate a little bit, but that's where you want to try and aim for. Yeah. And then if you're fitter, because my math 180 is 155, but I aim to run it around 147 for my aerobic run. So if you have quite a good fitness capacity in a VO2 max, you'd actually minus your age plus five. Okay, yeah. Just as a general um, example. But yeah, Math 180 has been really useful for us in terms of running in those different zones. I think it's I think it's useful if you're new to running as well and you've never heard about it before. It's so annoying at first because you have to slow <laughs> yourself down. But it's like I've explained in previous episodes mm. when someone gives you feedback with your deadlift or your squat or whatever it may be and you have to kind of reverse engineer with it, go backwards a little bit, relearn it, reteach it, because you sometimes go into autopilot, and you'll get better quicker once you revisit those steps. Yeah, it's one of those things that we've, when me and Ben do runs together, my heart rate is always quite a lot lower than Ben's. So we've had to kind of manage that a little bit as well, haven't I we? I want to get a chest mounted one as well, because I think, mm. I feel like mine's always fluctuating. Yeah, yours makes Sometimes it can be very off, um, and obviously RP is subjective, but sometimes a good measurement, especially if your watch is off. Are you looking at my watch? I'll just be in. Just looking at yeah, me. Yeah, just, yeah. Squaring Okay, next question. Yeah. Um, I think this is one sometimes people think about, but they don't ask too often, because maybe they're too shy. Can my calorie intake affect my sex drive? Yes. Absolutely, it can. It can affect your libido, even a calorie deficit. Okay, I was looking into this today, and there's actually been some studies that have shown better sex drive when caloric intake is restricted. Better when you're in a deficit? Yeah. Do you want to tell you why? Yeah. So this, we're not talking about people being in mega caloric deficits or bodybuilders getting to ridiculous lean. Because when we look at caloric restriction, it increases longevity of life. It's shown in uh, in tons of studies have um, increases in health, lifespan, length of time. The organism is free of diseases. So that's the that's one of the the, yeah. the reasons why health reasons why people want to lose weight. So we've got someone who's obese. That's why that's where they will gain benefit from from a health professional helping them or a doctor advising them it's not because oh, i want to get shredded it's because they want to avoid disease and that's where often like what is the definition of health like we discussed with ollie is it the um what's the word i'm looking for Sarpenia. is absence. it the absence of disease or is it the i can't remember what the other term he used was but yeah something of of being fair um and that's why sometimes people, and we're looking at it from like a point of, I'm not talking about bodybuilders who are getting show lean. We're talking about the average person losing a bit of weight mm. and then it helping their sex drive. And the reason why that I believe that happens, because I was trying to think, why would, why would that happen? Because if you have a crappy diet, the foods that you eat, how much you eat and how often you eat can mess with your energy levels, blood flow, hormones, all, all key players in supercharging your sex life, essentially. So, 
and and also booze. Booze can be a big factor. So yeah. people, it generally people start dieting. They cut alcohol out. They drink less on the weekends. And people think, yeah, Dutch courage gonna it's gonna help me. But you, have you ever heard of whiskey dick? No. Have you heard of whiskey dick, Carl? I might be familiar with that. Yes. Whis- <laughs> yeah. You probably don't heard of whiskey dick because. Let's be honest, you haven't got a penis. Or well, if you have, I'm, I'm yet to find it. Um, like, it's like pa- pulling the power from your penis. Mm. It just doesn't work. I'm not just talking about whiskey. It's just a phrase. It's talking about alcohol. Oh, yeah, but you can't get it, it up. Yeah, you can't get it up. And we also know that when people diet, they're going to become more in tune, potentially with more nutrient-dense foods. So, again, we know that fat is needed for hormone regulation. So getting nuts, seeds, uh, red meat, salmon bringing those healthy fats up and good fat is going to be helpful to to help in sex drive as well. So that's why I think when, when we're looking at, okay, where does that stat come from? Because I was looking at a study on it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure caloric restricted diet probably don't help with sex drive. And then I saw this ev- evidence from, it was a study I was looking at, uh, effects of calorie restriction on mood, quality of life, sleep and sexual function in healthy non-obese adults. So kind of quote unquote your average average person and the i think it was set over like a 2.5 year study and results were showing like significantly better moods uh, between the groups reduced tension improved general health and a better relationship with the sex drive and all, all these things like i was thinking about them and again I, that was what was coming to mind and i would argue if you go too low you're just super fucking tired and don't have the energy to do, you basically don't have the energy to do the rumpty pumpty. And that's where I think people correlate the two. They bring calories so low that they don't have, have energy. And it's not that the sex drive is low. It's that they have, they don't have the energy. But also really interesting factor when you are in a calorie restriction, your certain hormones downregulate and testosterone is one of them. So your actual sex drive does reduce. Your libido reduces. Because your testosterone, like hormones, reduce to yeah, compensate tes- for the testosterone calories. doesn't come down that low. No, so I point, know it's going to affect libido. But it's if you're it. not bringing your your calories super super low, we're, we're talking about being a caloric deficit. We're not talking about driving yourself into the ground like bodybuilders do to the point where the testosterone's through the floor and you you can't recover. We're talking about like a uh, mm. a kind of healthy caloric deficit for the average person will help, not not hinder. Yeah, I think a lot of people, though, when they are doing calorie deficits, they don't necessarily do a healthy calorie deficit all the time. They drop calories really, really low, which affects fatigue, mental fatigue, hormone levels, which is why, obviously, some people, and there are studies on it, why your um, this, this sex po- drive would this, drop. But there's, there's so much confl- conflicting information because you can look at some studies and about caloric restriction significantly increasing total testosterone. Yeah, I mean, it's probably... And that they some of these are from PubMed and some of them are from... Where was, it, where was the one I was looking at? I've actually lost it now. It's definitely both. I think it definitely does both depending on uh, so where So that article at. I was looking at was from the National Library of Medicine. Yeah. PubMed. Uh, I've just found an article that says that possibly um, when people are in lower calorie states, they tend to eat healthier meals. That's what I was alluding mm-hmm. to. And so they're on higher like vitamin density and then their vitamins and minerals might just be a bit better. Yeah, well, I think vitamin... I might be wrong, could be wrong. Vitamin D, I think, is is quite important as well to wait, kicking me. I wasn't. I was just to sex drive. I'm not sure on that card, but if you can double check it for me, I'm sure vitamin D is quite important. And that's why 
there was some sex doctor talking about people who are vegan and that's why it's also good to supplement i think it was with yeah with vitamin d because vegans don't get a lot of it so moral of the story is don't fuck a vegan no i'm joking <laughs> don't take that out call i'm not joking we can leave it in but yeah it's um it's interesting though thinking about it. i think why a lot of people attribute caloric deficits to poor sex drive is generally probably because they're just tired mm. when they go to bed at night yeah they just want to sleep they don't mm. want to fuck <laughs> Yeah, basically. On top of that, if you've got a stressful job, stressful lifestyle, whatever it is, all those contributing factors are going to add up on top of a caloric deficit to the point where you leave until the end of the day and you don't want to do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, I ha- shall I ask one more question? And then you can ask your final one as well. Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is a really interesting question. And it's more, it's kind of mindset not really mindset it's more just like general person general like your general self yeah how do i invest into myself to make myself feel better essentially oh good question and there's obviously loads of different factors that you can take away from this i'll let you obviously answer first so me and carl were talking about this the other day about how there's a big thing about investing and investing in shares investing in stocks investing other stuff but the best thing that you can ever invest in is is yourself mm-hmm. because that's something that you're going to keep hold of. If you invest time into you, it's positively going to affect multiple parts of your life. Yeah. And it's, I don't think it can ever be a waste because even if you fuck up, you'd still learn it from something. Mm. So it, what was the question again? But I've kind of gone. Topic. How do I invest? How in, do I invest? Yeah. In myself to make myself feel better. Okay. I think recognizing the things that make you tick, the things that make you happy, mm-hmm. and then putting time into them. Because there's so many different places you can pour your sand. And just because one thing makes someone else happy, invest in that doesn't make it mean it's going to make you happy. Obviously, there's universal things that make other people happy. But if I'm the opposite and look at the things that, well, not look at the things, but when I'm unhappy, I've spoke about numerous times on the podcast about the happy list. And the things that I know I can note down and go to immediately that are going to make me happier. And I just pull my sand into the boxes of them. So listen to Disney, going for a run, going for a walk, um, playing Age of Empires, sitting down, talking, going to the gym. Doing those things are what makes me happy. I think what you spoke about there, which is super interesting because I had looked into this. So you've explained a happy list. And within that, you mentioned both your physical health, emotional and mental health. And in terms of investing into yourself and making yourself feel better, one obviously stands out to me is your physical health. Yeah. Exercise, nutrition, like eat foods you enjoy, but they also make you feel good. Stay hydrated, manage your stress levels, sleep better. Like they're the most basic things, I think with a lot of people in terms of, it can actually make you feel a lot happier and you are investing in yourself there because you're working on your physical self. And obviously you have the emotional and mental side of it as well. Mm -hmm. And well, I I personally think therapy, talking to a psychologist and things like that is one of the most valuable things that people seem to still in this day and age be quite scared to do, investing in their mental health because like mood, sw- mood swings, how you're feeling, 
in a relationship, communicating with friends. You can talk to a therapist about it if you want to, but there's still quite a bad stigma behind it. And also it can be actually really quite expensive, which is what we found, isn't it? When we're yeah. looking for like different therapists and things like that. But there's these different things that can actually prevent you from living your best life. Like you're it's like something going on in your mind or or something like that. So I think investing in that if you can is one of the best things that you could possibly do as well as like your physical health. I think a lot of what puts a lot of people off is that they're looking for immediate return. With a lot of stuff in a fast-paced world, we're looking for something to happen quickly. If we make an investment or give up our time or money, we're looking for something back in return very, very quickly. And that's the point of where I think puts a lot of people off or makes people pull the plug on a bench that they've potentially gone after. And that's why I'm talking about you need to do stuff that are going to literally make you happier. Because you're not going to give your full time and attention to something that you don't give a fuck about. And we learn that from schools. People... People just don't give a shit about the lessons that they go to when you're a kid, unless you've got a genuine interest. You don't work hard, do you? Well, you might do because you're like, I've got to get these grades, but you don't have to give a fuck about it. Mm. That's why I always did well at sport, because I generally give a shit about it. That's why when I left the police, I did better, enjoyed it, was happy. Yeah. And I, I won't go into this too much, because it's kind of going into a bit on the next question that I've had from someone, but I just find it really interesting with investing in yourself and also getting paid getting paid to do a job that you don't want to do like what is the what is the salary what is the earnings that will make you or deter you from doing the thing that you really want to do as in what is how How many people work in sales jobs sitting there who really don't enjoy what they're doing because they get paid a wage to do it and not go and do something else that they prefer to do. It's probably quite a few people. A lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we've had loads of people speak to us about it before in terms of they're not comfortable or happy in a job that they're doing, but they don't know how to get out of that job. And it's it's really hard. I think that's re- I think it's a really hard topic because you can't just leave a job because essentially, how are you going to pay Oh, I get that 100%, it, like, by the way. 100%. Living, like mortgage, rent, food, like X, Y, and Z. So it's like doing a transition phase, but you have to be prepared to do a transition phase. Yeah, well... That, you have to be prepared to do something on the side whilst it yeah, builds up. Yeah, there's got to be a safety net. And that's why when I quit the job in the police, I dropped 1.5K a month I was earning. I, I, didn't, I didn't give a fuck because I'd happily sit there and do 14-hour days. And then three hundred pound a month to start with, because I just fucking I love it, yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But obviously at that time I was living at home with parents, didn't have kids. My responsibilities weren't huge. Mm. Different circumstances. Yeah. Um. And again, what I'll do is I'll just tie this into the next question because I just had sorry one more point on that. It's the same. We're going to carry on this conversation. Oh, it's just are the we? question's the same because someone for my last one had asked me how much you make coaching, and I think this is relevant to this question because. We're talking about investing and, and money. Okay, just before we go, that's a really good question, actually. But my last point on in terms of how to invest in yourself is also investing in your passion. And me and Kyle spoke about this. I bought a new vlogging camera the other week, didn't I? Yeah. And it has given me a whole new lease of life for YouTube. Yeah. I started to hate YouTube a bit. I wasn't enjoying training like other people. It was, I just got bored of it. And I was doing it for the sake of doing it my other vlogging camera has been broken for what like a a year i've just not used it i committed i well a monetary investment really for myself 
and it's given me a whole new lease of life for my passion for YouTube. Yeah. I know that's a slightly different thing because it is it does have monetary value attached to it, but that's still an important point. I invested in something which was going to help me as an individual with what I'm currently doing with my passion. But the other thing that comes with investment is accountability. So you've paid how many hundred pounds, whatever it is for a camera. It then keeps you accountable to doing those vlogs. You do those things because you paid that money. Exactly the same with a train, <laughs> every time look at with the a, camera. <laughs> with, a, with a PT or training program, you've invested money into it. That's why with a lot of stuff that gets given for free, people don't really give a shit about it because there's not a lot. You're not have to, having to give a yeah. piece of your personal pie into that. Mm. And therefore, you're just not as bothered about it. Whereas if you've got uh, if you've got flesh in the game, whatever that, that term is, skin, the, in the skin in the game. Thank you. Um, you're gonna give more of a shit about it. I agree. But can you just repeat your question again? Sammy? How much do you make coaching? And is this directed at me first? Yeah, but I, I also wanted to kind of just summarize this up because I don't want you to go in and tell me how much you earn. I'm not gonna tell yeah. anyone. <laughs> my my comeback to this always is, and people have well, not people, but there's been one or two people when I've put posts up before on Instagram. Have have when I've given advice, or for example, when I plugged our program, which I'll I'll, I'll always plug my own program because I, I believe in it and I created a great product and a great program that thousands of people have benefited from. But who said to me, "Oh, you're only saying this because you make money from it. You, you're only telling people this because you're benefiting from it." But that's if you get into health and fitness, or if you get into personal training, you. You don't get into it to make the most amount of money in the world because it's not the highest paid job in the world. There's, there's, there's tons of other jobs which pay way more for way less hours, but that's not the reason why you get into it. So my question back to that would always be, how much do you need? How much do you need to buy uh, a car that you want? How much do you need to buy the house that you need to be happy in? Not like the dream fucking mansion because you don't really need that. And then what money do you need to live a good weekend to go out on the piss, to go for a couple of meals with family, to go on a, a holiday a couple of times a year and treat your kids when you're a bit older. Because any for, for me personally, this is my personal opinion, anything more than that is generally a flex. Mm-hmm. You're then buying other things to then please other people. Like whatever it may be. And again, I'm not, this isn't me hitting it over people. Might be a Rolex, might be something else, might be a fancy pair of shoes, whatever it is. It's a, it, a lot of time, it's a, it's a flex. And what to distinguish the difference, I'm not talking about people, for example, who are the best in the world at what they do or big companies who continue to progress because the, the, there is a difference between people who do things for a flex and there are people who, who want to make impact, if that makes sense. Some people want to be the best 10 up every day and keep working hard, not because they want to earn more money because they want to have more impact and leave a legacy. Yeah, I think what's interesting with that whole question, though, if you're even asking someone how much you make coaching, I personally feel that person is very money driven. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But I also don't think you get into the personal training and fitness industry just to make money, because then is it is it really is it truly your passion? Ask you ask yourself of all the things you could go into to make money. You probably wouldn't dive into personal training like I think that's a really hard one because you're you're a coach to support other people. I know for a fact I've never done what I do to make money from it. But that's why I'm asking how much do you need? Mm. Because again, you've got to service yourself first. You've got to 
you've got to put your fucking face mask on first before you service other people because you can't be the best version even giving the best service to those other people unless you serve yourself first. That's why I say, what do you need? What do you need to get by, to live on, to do your shit? And then build from there. Yeah, I completely understand that. And it's obviously very individual. It's each to their own X amount of money and whatever. There has been incredible opportunities along the way in my fitness career, fitness journey. And I'm so thankful for those. And I think they're fucking awesome and they're exciting. But I like from like a coaching perspective, it is very true. It's in terms of, but you know what's also really interesting? You should never, it's really, because there's so much on social media, there's so much in the fitness industry. You easily try and compare to other people yeah. in terms of, oh, they must be making this. Oh, they must be making this. Like, oh my God, like, are they lying about it? Stop kind of caring what another personal trainer is making or another brand or another business. It's, you, as a personal trainer, you are the service, you are the product. You're selling yourself, so how are you going to sell yourself? Why would someone come to you? Someone else, for example, who's a personal trainer, they are them. They have a different service. They ha they are their own product. I think that's one of the hardest things to do in the fitness industry is not try and compare what other people are making. But also, if it's if you're that passionate about it, you shouldn't really care. You should just want to learn from other people, learn from peers, learn from people you look up to in the industry. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I 100%. And like what I've just said, I think also is in sync with what you're saying yeah yeah. Nice, and it? again this is this is in my opinion but also there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money no I mean, not at all i think mean, people often backhanded or slap because like they talk about money and they want to make money for whatever reasons people will have different purposes and different reasons for that like for example where i'm at, at the moment i'm happy with where i'm at i don't really need any more money but I, st I still want to push forward with for example what what we do in business and that's not about earning more money because even if I earn less money I'd still be happy doing what I'm doing but I want to make more of an impact I want to reach more people mm -hmm. I want to help more people what they're doing and the amount of, even if I earned an extra million pound a month or it dropped a little bit down it wouldn't I wouldn't change what I'm doing because I'm genuinely happy doing it and that's why I think again with schools kids do well in the fucking topics that they want to do mm. and that's why i'm talking about before like what's the number what's the salary that keeps you away from doing what you want to do what's the salary that keeps you in the job from doing the job that you want to do but also what's a really interesting point so when you have a, a business so a personal training business you should be wanting to invest back into the business not necessarily always back into yourself and that's something we've always done yeah, yeah. really really well is investing back into the business and yeah you're so right in terms of a lot of people are scared to say like oh money's not buying happiness and all this and I don't, I don't I don't really go down that route but if you look at it logistically if you have more money in your business you can spend it on more things in your business to grow yeah it gives you more opportunity from a business sense. I think it does. Fucking spend more on Facebook ads. Do this, do that. Spend on more marketing. And it does give us an opportunity to grow more. Doesn't necessarily mean you want to make this much money and do this. You want to reach more people. Okay, so putting more into marketing is probably going to help that. It's probably going to cost more. Does that make sense from like a business perspective? Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, like if you look really long term, you're going to end up giving all your money away anyway. Yeah. 
you're going to give it away all to kids or you're going to leave it to someone else because you're never taking it to the grave of you. And that's why I was asking about like, what is the price and how much of your life do you give up for money? How, how much of people's life is given up for money? What do you mean? How, how, <laughs> how, how much, a really simple question, how much of life every single day across the world is given up for money? How much? I don't know. That's what I mean. <laughs> and, and I was thinking about this this morning. I was sitting there thinking, and it's like, if money never existed, what would you be doing? Like, if, if money was never invented, what would we all be sitting here doing? I... I know someone's going to come back and go, well, there'd be a different token of value. There'd be something else created. But it, like, I know it's really weird. I know it's, these are the type of things that go through my head when I'm thinking in the morning. Go back to caveman times before money and stuff. But it's like I was just envisioning myself as like what, a Flintstone. Yeah. What were people, what were people <laughs> valuing? What was di- what was different? If there wasn't money there, I was what doing, you doing? And that's what I mean by how much some people work like sixty hour weeks, and the reason that they're working those hours is because they want to earn more money. And that's why I'm saying how much of life is given up. For, I want more for money. time. Well, there becomes a point I think where you want more time, or mm. you want to do something that you enjoy doing. Yeah, finding your passion. And that's what I mean by when I was in the police, I fucking hated it. And then I took, uh, I lost tons of money per month to go back and earn less because I actually enjoyed it. Do you know a really awesome listen that I've just listened to? The Nims podcast with Joe Rogan. Really good listen. It's exactly what we talk about here in terms of like finding your passion. What he went through in terms of funding his project he never, ever, ever did it for money. He was so passionate about something. It was ingrained, like literally ingrained in his soul. Super, super podcast actually to listen to in terms of if you enjoyed what we've just spoke about here with, with this specific topic. You, was sh- like, you need to listen to that it That was as like well. Nicker we had on. Remember how much money he spent on him running around the world doing a marathon every country? Yeah. Fucking loads of and money. He, yeah. And the funding he had to get for it wasn't, yeah massive the mcs 10 event that we did last year by the way was a charity event we spent thousands on that mm. out of our own pocket mm. didn't give a fuck about the money just yeah. a great day people coming down having a laugh having a glass of champagne having a beer doing the run doing the first run they've ever done to see the smile and passion on some people's face on that day i'll fucking never forget that i don't give a shit how much it cost yeah finding your passion is one of the most i know definitely not everyone can do it straight away but if you are passionate about something you want to drive for it please 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 do and try and do it finding your passion something and making it work is also amazing i'm i'm not deaf to the fact that there's there will be people listening like oh that's all right for you to say because yeah of course they earn the amount of money that you want to earn and i think i was listening to this on a stephen bartlett podcast and he was saying people often say to him it's okay for you because you're a millionaire so it's okay for you to say that Oh, you don't get any happier past this point. And I think it is it usually seventy five grand or something. I don't know. Um, per year that people say that there's no point where you'll be happier past that point. And that's why I always say that thing like, "What do you need?" Mm. And he said, "Well, of course, it, it will take a millionaire. It will take someone to meet to reach a million pounds to tell you that past this point it doesn't make you any happier." So that's a stupid comment in itself that someone's making to him because he's saying, well, yeah, I've been there, done it, and I can tell you now that doesn't make you happier past that point. And that's why that quote is often shared often shared and often said. I think he talks about that in quite, in quite a lot of depth and I think he's very good at when he talks about that topic. I think he's just super interesting when you when you think about it. And maybe it's, peop- it's those people who have found the happiness in that position or maybe it's people who have, like Stephen, have gone through some financial wealth who can then comment on it. 
and hopefully share it to other people so that you don't you're not just dogged in the world of forever chasing money because like we just said there at the end of the day it all goes you you, you give it up at some point at the end anyway mm. and the more of those occasions memories that you can again invest in yourself to create more happiness that that is like a, a real value i think so too and that was an awesome podcast that was actually what do you know what's super interesting about those so when myself and ben write the questions we don't know what we're going to talk about until the topic is brought up so that question there i had no show notes on and that I is haven't. all just out of my no. mind and how i think and how i perceive things so it's actually re very real and raw from what we've just said to you guys there and as ben said like we're gonna say things on our podcast that not everyone agrees with i wouldn't want everyone to agree with everything yeah. that i'm saying because how boring would life be we like, can disagree and still you, be late so that's why i always say to people yeah you shouldn't agree with everything we say and you probably shouldn't disagree with everything we say you just have an open mind listening to the podcast and what we talk about and things like that and obviously with the podcast like we said at the start leaving a review <laughs> does show us that you really like what we talk about and what we chat about and same on youtube if you are not subscribed on the youtube channel the not so fit couple podcast i think you should do that today it's a great thing to do today 100 percent. also if you, if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed any of the podcast i'm going to put this out early i'm not even warned you two about this dun, dun, dun. Oh, I know, we spoke, I do. We what are you going to say we then? Spoke about it. And, and me and carl were speaking about it again this morning is we really want to do a live yes. event at the end of this year the not so fish the not so fit couple live. <laughs> the and not so fish. Essentially what what we're what we're thinking of doing and talking with the idea of doing is is doing a live show, almost like a live podcast show. Potentially bringing one or two of the guests down and basically having a, a, a chit chat in a venue, which I yeah. think would be super cool. It would be so cool. I if, keep if, envisioning it. If if you if you're down for that, then comment on the YouTube video. Uh yes yes <laughs> that was so original wasn't it? yes comment the words yes or just or just tag us after you listen to this podcast on on story or instagram or even on the new instagram channel because we're we'll be really intrigued to hear your feedback on that because it's something that we're mega excited about potentially doing at the end of 2022 yeah definitely it'll be an absolutely awesome evening and it probably around like christmas time as well which is just like even more exciting because christmas is one of the most magical times of the year and i feel pretty magical we're with it. Oh, the podcast is pretty magical. Hmm. <laughs> You're going to do that. Yeah. Ben has been doing this thing. We've been watching the um, Drive to Survive F1. New series. The new Sick series. Valley. Actually awesome. It's made me love F1. Lewis Hamilton, the G. He's so cool. He's, he's like, the way he like dresses and he just, he's just a cool guy. No joke, I'm telling you now, Lewis Hamilton will be on this podcast one day. Should we shake on that? Yeah. Affirma go. Affirmations are Lewis, the if world. you're listening... You know, just reply via DM and we'll get, He's one of my dream we'll get you booked in. Yeah. Um, but no, Ben keeps going. And basically cool what you have to do, you just have to go past the mic. That's ridiculous though. But, oh, Lizzie hates that noise. On that note, we will be ending the podcast here today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next Don't week. No, 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 no. Oh, Don't no. forget the link in the description to the challenge. Sign off for it. Get involved with the team. Me and Lucy will be doing lives every single week. So if you enjoyed the podcast, you enjoy our cheeky lives in the Facebook group, leave a review. Have a good day. Be happy. See you later.